Um, well, I, I was just going to clear out and try to score on Courtney, but um, Tyler came up and he set the screen and got the switch, and I was able to knock down a big shot. Did it feel, I mean, did you feel it was going down? Yeah, right when I left my hand, I knew it was in. I could feel it. I think maturity, um, and like I said, it starts with Brad. He's calling the right plays and he's slowing us down, and he's giving us that confidence to be, be able to go out there and make plays. Like, to me, the biggest play of the game was ET's pass. He told Evan, have confidence that the pass is open, throw it, and that's what Evan did, and that was a big play for us. A lot of these yeah, games. that was their type of game. That was a grind fight, grind out game for us. But uh, I feel like we got stops when we need it. They talk, we, we get up three, they come back and hit a big shot, or they get fouled, and we got to stop when we need it. And, um, I was able to make a shot. Avery, Avery was able to make a, uh, make a shot to put him away. And we just got stops when we needed to and grind it out. We think we're gonna have it's this. all in house. Changed. It's all in house. We know we plan for one another. We look to the right, look to the left. You know you plan for that guy. And um, a lot of guys counted us out and wanted, wanted to. Uh, uh, what you call it? I don't know. Try to get a draft pick. Tank. That's the word. I don't know that. I don't know that meaning of that. I know the meaning, but I don't. Yeah, I don't even know how to say that. But a lot of guys want to do that, and we just believe in each other. We believe in our talents, and we just want to come out and get a win and take it one game at a time. Once again, the Celtics with an unbelievable win. They're starting to look like they're actually a really good team. We're going to talk about it now on the Garden Report. They win 95 to 92. This is the Garden Report, brought to you by Lynda.com and Peak Organic Brewery. Welcome to the Garden Report. My name is Jared Weiss. I'm here with Julian Edlow. We're sitting on tall chairs because we are tall guys. Uh, we're going to talk about this one. This is the Garden Report brought to you by Lynda.com at Peak Organic Brewing on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Uh, we got some great sponsors. We had a great game today. We did. Um, actually, even before we get into the game, I want to talk about Peak Organic Brewing, our new sponsor. I'm surprised to talk this about. One. So I went to my local liquor store, picked up a variety six-pack, and I tried the citrus, and I think it was a Black Noir, and they were fantastic. Great beer, very proud to have them as our sponsors. So thank you guys for watching. So let's talk about the end of this game. We had a few really huge plays. Uh, I mean, just first off, the playoff atmosphere in the garden is is legit now. I mean, it's not just like, oh, a couple it's games to be excited. I mean, the entire game is intense. The crowd is going absolutely bonkers at the end of these tight games. Yeah, and it's been that way for a little while now. And tonight was kind of the, it all came to a head against, you know, a great team in the Western Conference were just coming off that Golden State game that they let fall through their fingertips after a 26-point lead. What better way to redeem yourself after the, you let one slide to the number one team in the West than to let the number two team in the West come in and close out a tight game against them that I think we all needed to see happen to believe it and let them let the Celtics know that they can hang on to a game like this because before that, people would think, you know, these type of games would tend to slip away as they did against the Warriors, and they proved everyone wrong tonight. And they did it without, without Isaiah Thomas, who we thought was the key to Perhaps all the success. Perhaps even the most impressive part. Apparently, he is completely worthless because they were still able to beat the second-best team in the Western Conference without him. Uh, let's talk about who scored at the end here. It was not exactly who you would really expect. It was Jay Crowder hitting a huge three, tied up. Tyler Zeller getting to the line, hitting mm -hmm. some free throws. He had eight points and four rebounds in the fourth quarter alone. And then the big shot to ice the game, Avery Bradley with that pull-up, which I guess was supposed to be a three, but he kind of stepped inside the uh, three-point right. line there. But absolute dagger with a guy right in his face. I think it was Marcus Soule, was it, of all people, right in his face? It's a big yeah, white guy. You got to see the him. replay again. But um, there's, a, there's a lot of those on the uh, Grizzlies, I guess. But uh, when you saw Bradley take that shot, 
as soon as he released the ball, he started to turn around and walk away from it, trying to do a Steph Curry. You could tell he knew it was going in as soon as he released it. And sure enough, that's exactly what he said after the game. Yeah, he took a few shots actually in the fourth quarter that were kind of dead on from at least my angle in the press section. It's a great angle. It's a great angle. And you could see the first couple were off, off. And then that last one you saw, he turned around before it even went in, as he said, and it was a great shot. It, it iced the game for them. And don't forget Marcus Smart's three-point play in there the in the sequence of yeah. things. That was a – didn't quite break it open, but that was a huge play that got them up a point. And then they got that huge stop on Jeff Green go, driving into the lane, which was unique in its own way that they won the game on a lot of Jeff Green drives <laughs> into the lane that didn't quite get finished. Uh, we've seen some of that before. But, yeah, huge shot by Bradley, big sequence leading up to it. Uh, you know, and Bradley attributed a lot of that to Stevens, giving them confidence, giving Evan Turner the confidence to, you know, if that's there, throw that lob to Marcus Smart, giving Avery Bradley the confidence to say, you know, I trust you to find us a shot. So this team is really liking what Brad Stevens is allowing them to do, and they're showing it. They've won, they've won 11 of their last 17 games. They're... That's what legit teams do. They've won seven of, of their last eight home games. That's that what too. really, really legit teams, they hold down the home court. Mm-hmm. And they had, they've had some really tough road games here, but they're holding down the home court, and that's what's really crucial. And the only loss at home is to the Warriors, right? Yep. Who are the best team in the league. Yep. And they almost beat them. So they're so close to being 8-0 at home against basically all the elite teams in the NBA. I mean, it's a pretty remarkable stretch you're going on here. And sure, we look at Isaiah Thomas as the big catalyst for everything, but Jay Can Crowder... proves how much of a team Exactly. I mean, is. Jay Crowder's been incredible for them. I mean, he was inconsistent for a stretch there offensively, but tonight he had 16 points, 6 or 12 shooting, 3 boards, 3 assists, 2 steals, only 1 turnover. Kelly Olynyk was the guy with all the turnovers. He had 5 turnovers yeah. tonight. Um, but, you know, they got guys like Crowder. They traded away Tayshaun Prince, who I guess would have been a solid bench player for them. But they get Jarebko, who's playing playing just about as well as Prince was playing. And now yeah. Tatome, who's looking like a really good ninth man. Where did Gigi come I'm from? I'm getting my ninth man fever. Yeah. I'm a little really? sweaty right now. Maybe it's the warm weather. I don't know. Maybe maybe Gigi. But they've, they've got a complete rotation now. They've got a good nine-man rotation, and that's not even including Phil Pressey, who played tonight. It wasn't really that good of a game for Phil Pressey. Um, I mean, if you're playing, if you're playing Jarebko and Gigi with Isaiah Thomas playing, it, it's a ten-man rotation yes. at this point. Yes. So, a lot of guys are playing, and they all seem to be fitting in and enjoying it. Can we go back to calling Jay Crowder Bay Crowder? Are we ready for that again? Is we it- can after tonight. He he played well enough. He was efficient. The six of twelve shooting was good to see because he's had some nights where he settles for a lot of bad threes that kind of break their rhythm, and he didn't seem to really do that tonight. I gotta say, seeing the beard up close, you're, you're looking pretty <laughs> solid. I like it. Beard's looking good yes. right now. The beard's been around for a while. Yeah, but it looks it looks very sharp tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it looks sharp. That's All what right. I'm going for. We're gonna end on an awkward note. When we come back for part two, uh, we had a one-on-one with Marcus Soul before the game, so we'll talk to him about a little pet project I'm working on here, talking about some of the new defensive metrics that are avail are starting to become available to NBA teams, and then we'll talk about Brad Stevens' inbounds play calling, which is starting to remind us a lot of Doc Rivers' inbounds yeah. play calling that was pretty famous. And then we'll hand out our box and ball awards. This is the Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog, presented by Lynda.com and Peak Organic Brewing. The most, the most important thing for me with Kelly is just assertiveness on the offensive end um, and defensively, but, but offensively. I mean, it, I got mad at him in the first half because he passed up a shot right in front of me and traveled. Um, you know, and I'm saying shoot it. I'm going to get the whole 
the, we're going to get the whole crowd to start saying shoot it if he doesn't shoot it. So that's our next step. Um, but um, not before he shoots it, not during his shot, but if he doesn't shoot it and he travels, we've all got to say shoot it. Sort of like a Forrest Gump thing. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't watched a movie in a long. I haven't watched a movie in a long time. And one more. Any uh, movies. <laughs> you jump as well as you can, and uh, to the best of your abilities. And after that, you, you know, the numbers going to be what they're going to be. You know, numbers that sometimes show good things, sometimes didn't show so many good things. I think sure. you know, depends on the angle you want to take. You have numbers for everything. These days, I think you have so many numbers that you, you can make a point, or you know, each, uh, either way. For a guy, if you want to make him really good, you can, you know, you have numbers to, to back that up. If you want a guy not to make him look so good, you can. You, you also have a lot of numbers um, to look at that too. So, you know, it doesn't really matter. I know there's a lot of GMs have talked about how they're trying to understand the new kind of like spatial data. Okay. They're trying to understand how they like as far as contract negotiations. Oh. They're really valuing I, players. Yeah. I I mean, do you do you think that's something that maybe should be played into a player's value? Is I don't using know. Those new numbers I mean, that's. I don't know. I think you know. I don't know. I really don't know. And I, to me, it really, you know, it, it matters, but it matters to a point. It, it, of course, it's going to be a factor of, of, of your numbers. Show, um, of course, show what you, what you produce on the floor, but there are things on the floor that, uh, that can be, you know, can be measured uh, mm -hmm. um, a lot of times. So, you know, you should not only be base your opinion on numbers, which makes, you know, makes game... Uh, maybe a lot easier for a lot of people that may, may not play the game. Um, you know, you just look at numbers and you see who's better, who has the bigger numbers, and, and that you know dictates for you who's who's a better player. But I think there's a lot more into it uh, in basketball than just you know uh, cold numbers. So for yourself, how do you measure whether or not you did a good job defensively? Uh, I don't know. If my, if we, first of all, we won the game, and we you know we have a game plan. We execute the game plan if we won, and uh, and you have a feeling. I mean. Uh, you know, feeling, uh, of course, uh, after that is tape, you can watch tape and see if you executed the game plan and you did what you're supposed to. And that, you know, tape never lies, uh, especially if you watch it, um, you know, um, go on the whole, you know, running the tape, you know, not just watching plays because a lot of things happen before and after plays. Um, you know, that's how I measure. I know after the game if I play good defense or not. And, uh, and if you stop the, you know, not just your man, but the scheme that they have offensively, that means you did a good job. So that was our interview with Marcus Ol, brought to you by Peak Organic Brewing and Lindo.com. So let's quickly talk about Brad Stevens' inbounds plays. Uh, Doc Rivers was known for his inventive inbounds plays while he was here. Brad Stevens hasn't really had that reputation yet. All of a sudden, you give him some good players to work with, and he's he's running all these great backdoor cut alley oop plays, all sorts of stuff, finding really great shots. I mean, what are you seeing that's different out of this team? Is it really just that the roster is more kind of built better to be able to run these kind of plays? I think part of it's the roster, part of it is Stevens growing. It doesn't have to necessarily be one or the other. I think it's a combination it has of the to two. Be now. No, well, I'm going to go with the combo. Okay. So, you know, Stevens has shown, obviously, of late, last week they win the Jazz game on an inbounds play that goes to Zeller. Tonight, arguably, they don't win this Memphis game if they don't get that inbound over the top and one alley oop to Marcus Smart. So, these are big plays that are really making a difference in games. And I think a part of it is they do have some good players to execute it. But, you know, last week against Utah, you know, Tyler Zeller isn't necessarily the ideal guy that you have to throw that lob pass on the interior to. There's a lot of big guys that can, in theory, finish that play in some sort of way. So 
you know, that was a great pass. Last week, I think it was Smart that made that pass. That was a great pass. But, you know, there's a lot of players that you can plug in. So I think the system and the play, cap, play call has a lot to do with it, too. And, I mean, the thing is, the finishing ability for a lot of these guys has improved over the year. I mean, yep. Marcus Smart, who has this weird habit of not scoring at all all really game. relying on jump shots for a long time. And, yeah, and, and he's, I think after Ronda got traded, he kind of was able to free up his game. And, of course, he had to get healthy, too. Mm -hmm. But you're seeing Marcus Smart has this weird thing going on where he doesn't score the entire game. <laughs> and in like the last three minutes of the game, he's hitting all these amazing and ones. He's showing his finishing ability and his leaping ability are starting to come back. Because that was gone yeah. for a while, especially after that ankle sprain. He was not leaving the floor very well. You saw tonight in the alley-oop, he got some serious air there. His strength is allowing him to finish with contact. It's pretty incredible. He had a couple and ones here at the end of the game. So he finished with oh, sorry, uh, so he finished with five points. He did have two and ones. He just missed yeah, the free he just missed throw. one of the free throws. He finished with five points. <laughs> that was he only had zero like, with like two minutes left in the game, basically. Right. And then he had those two games. But, I mean... Smart is showing that he can finish better. Avery Bradley is starting to finish a little bit better. Jay Crowder is starting to show more composure on the ball. A lot of it's just kind of continuity with these guys. They've got a yep. system in place now. Of course, when Thomas is in there, he takes so much pressure off of them, so it makes it a lot yep. easier. But guys like Crowder and Smart have had the ball in their hands more, and they're starting to get more comfortable with it. For sure. And that's a, that's a good thing. That's what you want to see from young players. And that's, you know, the playoffs are certainly in sight right now, but a big goal this season is making these young players more comfortable, allowing them to grow. If you can allow them to grow and get more comfortable while in advancing in a playoff race, then that's just the cherry on top. They're a game and a half out from the eight seed behind the Pacers as mm -hmm. of this recording. A game behind the Charlotte Hornets who just had Lance Stevenson yet again blow another game with his implosion. <laughs> I mean, the, the idea that they're going to pass the Hornets in the standings is sounding pretty likely at this point. Catching the Pacers, we'll see. Uh, there's a there's a strong hint that Paul George might be returning uh, yeah, when that they would... come to Boston. I mean, that that could really change things. But they have their chance we'll to see. get that game and that they, to get that game in the standings from. Them. We'll see what Paul George looks like when he comes back. That could be if a huge boost for them. You know, the, the Celtics have some big games coming up. They have games against the Nets. They have a game against the Hornets. They have a game against the Pacers. These are big games with playoff implications. So, you know, every game is important, but those ones are going to have some some serious playoff talks going around them, All right, so which quick. we didn't think we would have at this point in the season. Sorry, it's go ahead. Unbelievable. <laughs> Garden Report going into April, maybe even May. We'll see. So, very quickly, box and ball. Throw it at me. Uh, baller than that, I'm going to go with Kelly Olynyk. He did have those five turnovers, as you mentioned in the first video, but this was kind of his comeback game since that injury that was, he was out for a while. He had the 15 points off the bench, six rebounds, three assists. He just played really well. I think it takes a game like this when you're coming back from a long injury to kind of get your feel for the game back, and he did that. And in terms of the box, there were 15 ties in this game, which I think says a lot of how close this entire game was and the Celtics playing, you know, a level of competition above them, an elite team, and taking a close game like this without their best player probably. So to overcome those 15 ties, really big. So for me, baller of the night is Avery Bradley, obviously. He had the big shot. He shot 8 for 17 from the field. Amazingly, only went 1 for 8 from deep. Imagine if he yep. had just a decent three-point night, how, how big it would have been for him. So he had 17 points and five rebounds, and he had to guard Mike Conley, who had a good game, too. That's Conley a very a tough game task, despite, being despite like destroying his ankle. Yep. And we talked to Conley after the game, and he, he did verify his ankle's going to be fine. 
no long-term injury concerns at this point. I mean, he did limp out of there pretty badly. He was clearly in pain, but it was a bad ankle sprain, nothing wrong. I, I asked him, and he confirmed that his knee is, is fine, no knee injury. So that's very good news for Memphis because it looked like for a little bit there that his knee had completely been destroyed. So that was very good to Dr. Hear. Jared diagnosed him with at a knee your injury. Service. I gave him a physical and everything. So uh, for me, my stat of the night is – Four for 13 from the field and seven for nine from the field. Which one is Jeff Green and which one is Tony Allen? Um, let's see. Well, Jeff Green there. had the good shooting night, right? No, Jeff Green had the bad shooting <laughs> night. Who would have thought? So Jeff Green went four for 13 with 11 points. That sounds like a kind of a typical Jeff Green style line here. I was just going to say when you were finished, Jeff Green had a classic line tonight. Classic Jeff Green. Actually, you see him at the top of the box sheet there. It's almost as if it's like a Celtics <laughs> or box, uh, box score there. But uh, Tony Allen, seven for nine from the field, 16 points. Now, Brad Stevens, I think, explained this best why he got that, was they kept doubling on Zach Randolph, kept doubling on Marcus Gasol. Yep. That opened up a lot of opportunities for Tony Allen to drive. And the one that really kind of blew me away was T.A. had the chance to drive down the lane. Had, I think it was Zeller, waiting for him under the basket. He jumped over Zeller and finished with his left hand. Which I didn't know Tony, Tony could Allen do was anything really with good. his left hand. Tony Allen was really good tonight. He was fantastic He had a tonight. lot of finishes, both hands in the lane. He had a really nice dump-off pass to uh, Randolph late in the game. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, Celtics fans, he said that Boston has no Fairweather fans. So, nice compliment from TA. Once a Celtic, forever a Celtic, except he's really a Grizzly at this point. But we're going to sign off. So, for Julian, I'm Jared. We will see you after Friday's game against Orlando. Shout out to Lynda.com and Peak Organic Brewing. This has been the Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Yeah, I twisted my ankle. Uh, I've had problems with my right ankle uh, since last year. So, anything on the right side. Is, is, you know, it hurts double. So, uh, you know, that was tough. But, you know, we went back there and did some treatment and, and took some medicine and was able to dull the pain a little bit. And, uh, you know, I said I need to try to run it off and see if I could go and was able to play.